There's a law affecting businesses in Seattle that might surprise you. More than a year after Washington passed their landmark ballot initiative, those looking to cash in on legal weed are now caught in a cannabis conundrum. Sorry, not, not that law. This one goes back a few more years. It's been on the books since 2001, just after the dot-com bubble burst. Companies built on the internet have come a long way since then. Startups and tech-driven businesses like Amazon are successful enough to offer amenities like free concerts and an on-campus farmer's market. But there is often one notable missing job perk in the state of Washington, and that is beer. Ah, uh, beer. You see, that law in the state of Washington says that businesses must prohibit alcohol and narcotics from their workplaces. On one hand, it makes sense. Who wants to see Bob from accounting dancing to turn down for what? But on the other hand, there is a trend in the startup world, a trend that we've been covering on this podcast, that has been allowing employees more and more freedom. Just last episode, we featured Zapier, where every employee works remotely, since the company has no physical office. In this episode, we're talking beer. Phil Wilson, general manager at BuzzFeed's Minneapolis office, says, in a way, it was remote work that led to beer being offered more at businesses. The beer piece is probably just, I think that's just a, a very small part of, of the grander scheme of, of providing things that uh, can be had uh, in a remote situation or in a situation that, that is a little less um, collaborative. So we're, we're just trying to make that consistent across all spaces. In other words, if you let employees work remotely, the environment at the office needs to keep up with what they get at home. If you have beer in your fridge at home, why not have beer in the fridge at work? Now, if that sounds like a concept your office needs to adapt to, or if you disagree, don't worry. We'll get into the pros and the cons, and we'll hear more from BuzzFeed's Phil Wilson throughout this episode. But first, bottoms up, everybody. Welcome to Humans and Resources, a podcast about people, companies, and the people who work at companies. I'm John T. Meyer. And I'm Michael Todd. In over six years of being an entrepreneur, I've made a ton of mistakes and occasionally have made a few lucky calls as well. The biggest lesson I've learned in business is that it's all about people. People like Morgan and Brett, who started at Lemonly as interns in 2012. I'm Morgan, project and community manager at Lemonly. I'm drinking a Stella Cidre, otherwise known as cider. It's a fancy cider. Uh, My name is Brett. I'm a designer at Lemonly. I'm drinking a Guinness Stout. John and I met Morgan and Brett at Paramount Studio Bar just around the corner from our new office in downtown Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Back when they started as interns, Lemonly operated out of a co-working space called Meso. That's where our beer story begins. Did you, were you shocked the first time we were drinking beer at work? No, but I was shocked at the amount of beer that was in the closet our first day. I do remember seeing the closet, or like the freezer was full of like booze bottles, because I think there was a party at Meso the week before we started. Yep, I remember. Yeah, so there was just like an influx of booze in there. So I remember our first day, like, and and even like the garbage was still, I think, there from the party. Yeah, it was like, I was really wondering where I was working. (laughs) I was pretty happy about it. 
When I joined Lemonly in 2014, the company had been in its first office for about two years. The beer policy, unwritten but understood, was you're welcome to take a beer from the fridge whenever you'd like. Asked Morgan what kind of issues that could lead to if not managed well. Um, I think the only huge issue that I foresee would be just abuse of the policy. Um, and I think the only way you combat that is just by hiring the right people. Um, I think by giving them trust but letting them know, like, obviously, it's almost like a parent. Like, don't make me disappointed. Don't don't make me regret that I gave you, like, a little bit of this leash out. Um, I think Morgan's right, though. I think that's what it, it is more of, like, that parent thing. Like, I'm going to trust you until you give me a reason not to trust you, right? And, and that's how I should, you should feel about all your employees. You should trust them, whether you're a company like Lemonly at 19 today, or hopefully I would think if, some, if I were a CEO of a 300-person company, I'd still say the same thing. You know, My wife works at a 250-person company, and they have beer Fridays. You know, So I think it's interesting how uh, beer has become kind of so ingrained in the entrepreneurial world and the entrepreneurial culture. Because prior to my wife's current job when she was a TV anchor, like she still couldn't wrap her head around the fact that we had beer in the office. She like, she's just like, what is it, a, par- a party? You know? And now she's at a startup environment and understands it a little bit more. You know, that we wouldn't say that beer at Lemonly is a part of our culture. It's more you're in, a, you're in a place where everyone's expected to get their work done and you can come be treated as an adult. And if you get your stuff done, you know, we also like to have fun too. And that idea of we don't all have to be best friends and hang out 24 seven as we spill the beer. (laughs) That's going to be good. (laughs) The Cidre. Sorry. At this point in the interview, we clean up the spill. It's okay, Morgan. I'm surprised it didn't shatter. Skill. But no, I want to make sure, I don't even know how your interview went with the company uh, or with BuzzFeed, but um, I want to make sure that that comes across because I think a couple startups make the mistake in saying, like, we have a ping pong table, we have beer in our fridge, that's our culture. That doesn't make a culture. Like, your culture is built up of core values and, and, and be- doing what you believe and, and making decisions based on those values. And so, you know... A core value at Lemonly is invested, meaning that everybody from first employee to last employee hired is invested in the company, invested in our clients, invested in our community. And so we're essentially saying that by we're invested in you and invested in trusting in you. And if that means you you want to have a beer on an afternoon while you're working, if you're stressed out, then that's fine because we trust you. But I think it does represent like a, a mindset, like when you just I think, I don't know what you guys think, but when you when you walk in and you see, like you will now in our new office, that we have a kegerator, doesn't mean we're, we, we party all the time, we work hard, but it does probably say something about who we are. You know, maybe we don't take ourselves too seriously, or we, we, we don't live to work, like, you know, we work to live type of men- mentality. Beer does affect the way we work, though. Brett and Morgan talked about how timing is everything. And rarely do we drink more than one beer at the end of our work days. Even then, it's only once or twice a month. Everyone's different, but for me, um, alcohol has a very fine line as far as productivity and creativity. So for me, it's probably about half a beer to a beer, where 
it actually helps, but anymore it'll decline. But I see it as a privilege, and a privilege can be taken away. So, so I wouldn't say it affects my work in that if I had like half a beer, I would be terrible at managing a project. I think I'm fully capable of still doing everything that my job entails. Um, but I just think everyone just gets a lot more social if you're having a drink together. So that part, I just make sure kind of my, my check boxes are crossed off, I guess. Um, I think, yeah, like for me, after like half to a full one, like I feel, I feel fine. I feel good. Um, but I think after like two, definitely I think my productivity would would decline, would drop. For business owners or, or people uh, considering, who are listening to this podcast, considering, you know, could, should I bring beer into my company or is that a good thing, is that a bad thing? Um, I think you can't underestimate the power of kind of social dynamics in, in kind of self-policing this this unwritten rule, right? There's nothing in the handbook that, that you guys sign that says, like, I will, uh, I will not abuse the, the, the drinking policy or I will make sure to only have a drink post 3.30 p.m. You know, like, it's just this kind of uh, self-policed rule, which, one, Morgan said, like, if you hire the right people, you shouldn't have to worry about it at all. But, two, I think there is kind of these social dynamics where it's like you ca- someone would give you kind of a strange look if maybe you're, you're going over to the keg at noon, right? Or you've been there three times in the afternoon type of thing. Um, so I think there's a power of your company culture also kind of upholding the rules and the expectations. I, what I've noticed in the office is that people wait for someone with more seniority to get it first, which really? I think is funny. <laughs> so who fits in that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she does like declare it's like it. Yeah. People kind of wait for someone who's been there longer than them to get it first, which I find that funny. But. See, that's fascinating. I didn't even think realize that. It's the worst when you want one for some reason, if you just want one, and you go get one, and usually at Lemon Lee, if someone gets one, someone else will get one with you. Uh, there's been a couple times where I've done it and no one else does, so I'm like... Peer pressure. Okay, <laughs> so I just feel like a loser. Nobody wants to do it <laughs> drinking by myself, <laughs> like at 4 o'clock. Back to college. Yeah. Um, no, but you're right. It is. It does seem like everyone just waits for someone, and then everyone's like, oh, yeah, yeah, let's, let's do that. This is one of our fun podcasts, kind of of the humans and resources season, so hopefully if, if this podcast does anything, it, it lets people at Lemonly know that they can drink before Ashton drinks. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Desk Beers, delivering craft beer to offices across the UK. As a regular Friday delivery or a one-time delivery to say cheers, Desk Beers is a quick way to inject a team-building exercise that doesn't suck into your workplace. Check them out at deskbeers.com and use the code HNR20, that's H-A-N-D-R-2-0, for 20% off your first regular delivery. And we're back. So now that you know the background of beer at Lemonly, let's jump into our interview with BuzzFeed's Phil Wilson. In August 2014, Phil's previous company, Hyper IQ, merged with fellow mobile development shop Wood Apps. BuzzFeed was a shared client of those two companies, 
and in December, BuzzFeed acquired them to work exclusively on their apps. The office started with seven people, but has grown to just short of 30. Over the past year, those employees have developed either the front end or the back end of apps, including BuzzFeed News and the core BuzzFeed app. Phil says they also have exciting work in development, which will hit app stores beginning in November. If you stop by the BuzzFeed office in Minneapolis, you'll be greeted by 18-foot ceilings, exposed brick, and community table workspaces. Signs that mimic BuzzFeed.com's main navigation punctuate the walls. You'll see phrases like OMG and WIN, as well as more regional sayings like OOFTA and YOU BETCHA. Those yellow signs with bold black text are also on the office's beer pong table. Phil says the table has not been used since the office opened. It's more of an icon of the lifestyle that BuzzFeed has been associated with. In the fridge, you'll find an assortment of craft beers and occasionally a few bottles of Coors Light. The office will also bring in growlers of beer from 612 Brewing, their downstairs neighbors. But like Lemonly, Phil says employees have a beer only once or twice a month. And also like Lemonly, Phil's previous company started out in a co-working space, this one called Coco. Coco had a couple of uh, social hours. Uh, there was always a, a Tuesday afternoon happy hour that, that everybody at Coco would gather for, but uh, that was really the extent of it. And you know, when BuzzFeed, we, we moved to the office for BuzzFeed, you know, there's beer in the fridge, but there's also 612 Brewing, which is right downstairs from us. Uh, so it's probably less about um, offering beer per se as just sort of having opportunities for people to be more sociable and, and you know, in, the, in this lifestyle for um, many of the guys in the office, that includes craft beer too. So that's, that was just really one of the reasons we, we offered it. So, Just generally, how do businesses benefit from offering beer in the workplace? You know, I think it's a, it's, it's probably, you know, it, it, when you say, when, when, when somebody says, hey, they offer beer in the workplace, they, it, I think the, the first thing that a lot of people will jump to is, hey, we well, drink in the middle of the day. It really doesn't necessarily work that way. It's, it's basically just an opportunity for um, more collaboration. We're, we're big believers in collaboration here at, at BuzzFeed, so we have a very collaborative environment. And if that means at uh, 5 o'clock in the afternoon, everybody says, uh, you know, instead of going somewhere for a beer, just, uh, you know, grab a beer, sit in, the, sit in some comfy chairs and chat about what's been going on during the day. Yeah, we'll do that. But, um, you know, it's not really, a, I, I don't see it as a markedly different environment. Than, uh, than a company that would, would not offer beer. It's just a matter of, uh, do you go to a, the local pub or do you just sit around the office and chat? Sure. And then talking the other side of that, what are some issues that could arise from offering beer and how do you kind of guard against those? Well, I think, you know, anytime you have alcohol available, um, um, you, you could... I don't know, open yourself up to, you know, people abusing that privilege or abusing the, the opportunity. But most offices that I've been in, especially in the development, you know, the tech space, uh, it's it's not abused. And especially here at BuzzFeed, we tend to be uh, probably a more mature group of developers, uh, guys that have been around for a long, you know, guys and girls that have been around for a long time doing this, and they know that their job is priority. And and um, most of the time, it's uh, it's just sort of an added opportunity. We have a we have have a beer pong table in the office uh, simply because that's kind of a BuzzFeed thing, but uh, I can guarantee you that it's never been used here. <laughs> so it's a, it's a really great place to put stuff on right now. So it's just, yeah, it was one of those things that uh, I may play bigger with a younger office staff, but for us, it's, it's really not a priority. 
And these kind of offerings like beer at the workplace are kind of meant to attract new employees. You already talked about how the beer pong table has not been used. Um, yeah. Could you talk more about how the allure of these kind of amenities wears off or if it's how important it is after the employee has been hired? You know, it's basically really, it, it, it's, you know, whether it's uh, offering amenities like snacks and, you know, we bring in lunch and we offer great benefits and compensation and that sort of a thing. It's really comes down to just making it a, 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 an environment that people want to come and spend time in. Um, a lot of people will say that, you know, the, this trend towards providing free food and, and snacks and things like that is, is an effort to get people to spend more time at the office, when in actuality, that may be so for some companies, but for us, it's just really making it a more comfortable workspace because, you know, we're going to thrive on that collaborative environment. So that collaborative environment really uh, uh, does well with more people hanging in personally, you know, one-on-one, you know, -on -one, being able to talk to each other across a table. We don't, our technology or, or our particular product here uh, at BuzzFeed does not have to be done in, a, in, a, in a, a room where there's 30 people. It can be done spread out all over the globe. You know, it's all you need is your laptop and internet access. Um, but at the same time, we want to encourage people to work together, to work in a team environment. So. Um, you know, we work very hard at saying, you know, the, the best thing to do is not for us to establish business hours, but to establish an environment where people really enjoy coming to spend some time. So that's really all it's about for us. All right. So that's the interview with BuzzFeed. Uh, John, let's talk about kind of what we learned from this episode. What do you think are the main points? Yeah, I think you and I have discussed about how you know, beer is not, beer doesn't make a culture, but beer, what it represents uh, and how it really means something bit bigger. I loved what Phil said about the uh, best thing that they need to do is, is not establish business hours, but establish a business environment where people really want to be and really want to spend their time. And does that mean beer is essential? No, but it, it's a part of a larger plan and a larger kind of um, workspace that people want to come to. And, and, you know, think about how much time we spend. We've talked about this before how much of our week and how much of our lives we spend working and at work and at with our coworkers. Um, so we want to have fun while we're doing it. In making this episode, have you revised any uh, policy changes with the beer at Lemonly or any ideas for the future? I think we're safe in this department. I know each episode of Humans and Resources, we like to kind of look at our policies and see if it changes our mind. Um, the beer policy is really non-existent other than the fact that we have it and it's there and kind of like those unwritten rules of, you know, don't abuse it. So, um, like I said, as we joked, you know, maybe people will realize they don't have to wait until Ashton drinks a beer to drink a beer, but I certainly don't think we need to put that in the policy book. So with the addition of the kegerator, um, you know, I suppose people can reuse their glass and wash their glass just like they do their coffee mug, but I don't think it's really going to change any policies, but it was fun to hear about how it plays a part in, in BuzzFeed and really just hear from our own team, you know, what they thought about it. I found Phil's point interesting about reflecting a work environment that, that models the same experience someone can have at home. So as a company that has remote work, which we talked about in episode two, um, I never considered it that way. I guess I never thought about we have to have beer because Cheryl and Daphne and Ryan and Amy can have beer. I, I just never even kind of put that together, but I, I thought that was an interesting point because 
how that can go that can go a long ways. There are other things you can have at home. You know, do you, do you then have a TV in the office? Do you have other distractions? Do you have pets? Um, and when and startups have a lot of those things. So that was an interesting point that I thought um, kind of opened my eyes. Cheers to Phil and the team at BuzzFeed for participating in this episode of Humans and Resources, as well as Morgan and Brett. Of course, Michael, thanks to you. And uh, we're excited to get the kegerator installed in the new office, which leads us into the next episode. We're going to explore the impact of actual office space and the way that it's laid out and the physical dimensions of how an office space impacts a culture and impacts HR. As we get settled into our office space here this week, we'll have more to learn and more to talk about next episode on Humans and Resources. 